morning. Welcome to Snyder. We're so glad you're joining us, whether online or on the radio this morning. Thanks so much. We're excited to see you and be together with you. I'm Karen McCamus, the Director of Children and Family Ministries, and we are talking this morning. Um, as we're talking this morning, I would encourage you to go online to www.snydermbc.com and go under the Watch and Listen tab and download the Order of Worship this morning. That way you can follow along with us, stay connected with us that way, and it also has some great information on giving. Right, Garen? It does. Thank you, Karen. I'm Garen Gamble, the Church Administrator. You know, Snyder people have always been excellent in serving and faithful in praying and generous in giving, and that's what's gotten us to where we are today, and it'll get us through this time. I would remind you that the way we give now is different. Um, you can still drop a check in the mail, and we encourage you to do that. Uh, those ways are listed here in your bulletin, and I think that'll appear on your screen. You can also go to the Snyder webpage and click on the Tithing and Giving tab, and it will give you instructions on how to give with either your credit card or your debit card. The coolest one, though, I've got to tell you, is the Church Life app. You can download it on your phone, and it's just the same as having the church directory, the church schedule, and the church offering plate in your hand. So I strongly encourage you to do it. If you need help with that, you can call the office, and we'll give you some assistance with that. That's my favorite way to kind of get everybody's phone numbers or addresses when I'm looking, and it's been a lot of fun lately sending postcards and mail to the kids. Um, I want to give a, a shout-out to all the Snyder kids. Hey, guys, I miss you. We're so excited to see you guys this morning, too. So if you're there with us, wave at me. Hi! Yay! So excited to see you. Um, I want to let you guys know that you guys can stay connected too. And on the, the Snyder webpage, under the Children tab, there are videos and activities that you can do to kind of learn about God at home. So get your mom and dad or your families and join together and just kind of do a lesson at home. It's, it's pretty fun. I hope you enjoy it. Um, Aaron, what can we do for the youth? Well, thanks, Karen. And for those of you I haven't uh, met yet, my name is Aaron Ashley. I'm the Interim Director of Youth Ministries here at Snyder. Welcome this morning. We're glad you're tuned in with us. Um, so, yeah, so for the youth, you know, uh, everything we're doing now is online and virtual. Um, the, uh, the Sunday School lessons, for example, are posted on the Snyder Youth webpage. Uh, I, I regularly send out updates via Instagram, uh, the Snyder Youth Instagram account. And then there are some opportunities to connect. On Wednesday night at 5, uh, we do a, a Zoom Bible study. And tonight at 7, uh, the, the life groups will be able to connect via Zoom as well. So um, stay with us, stay tuned, um, and we'll, we'll do all we can to encourage you during this season. That's right. So whether you are connecting with us, listening on the radio at 105.7 FM, or if you are online watching us, um, whether you're in your pajamas or drinking your cup of coffee for the morning, I've got mine. So whether you're, whatever you're doing this morning, I just encourage you to take a deep breath quiet your hearts, and let's worship together today. I'd like to invite you to sing with us. You'll find the words on the bottom of your screen there. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. spirit-led must claim and test its heritage and keep on rising from the dead. Across the world, across the street, the victims of injustice cry for shelter and for bread to eat and never live until they die. Let's sing again, shall we?
Then let the servant church arise, a caring church that longs to be a partner in Christ's sacrifice and clothed in Christ's humanity. For he alone, whose blood was shed, can cure the fever in our blood and teach us how to share our bread and feed the starving multitude. Let's respond again. have no mission but to serve in full obedience to our Lord, to care for all without reserve, and spread his liberating word. Psalm 108, verses 3 through 5. I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love, higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, and let your glory be over all the earth. Wherever you are, as we continue to worship this morning, I invite you to join us as we keep singing to the King of heaven, whose glory reigns over all the earth. Jesus, let your kingdom come here. Let your will be done here. In us, Jesus, there is no one greater. You alone, our Savior, show the world your love. King of heaven, come down. King of heaven, come now. Let your glory reign, shining like the day. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, rise up. Who can stand against us? You are strong to save in your mighty name. King of heaven, come. We are. Children of your mercy, rescued for your glory, we cry, Jesus, set our hearts to towards you, and every eye would see you, lifted high, King of heaven, come down.
In our midst, gathered wherever we might be, here you are, right here with us, as you always have been. O oh God who never changes, O oh God who is certain and sure. Would you remind us in tangible ways that you are Emmanuel, the God who is with us, who is the way and the truth and the life and the way to you, O oh God, our Father. See is your word. 
somebody right now just look right next to you person sitting on the couch with you tell them who God is to you one word two words write it in the comments on Facebook tell tell the world who he is as we talk about being a light in the darkness yesterday wasn't exactly how we planned to celebrate the 25th anniversary of operation in as much but we did some significant projects and in the long run we'll get to see how operation in as much we can celebrate that all during the year as we continue to find ways to do our projects uh, throughout the year so we were able to build five ramps and we were able to do three yards and we packed all of our um, things that our nonprofits needed and we delivered a hundred flowers with toilet paper uh, to all of our neighbors here uh, around Snyder. So it was a good day um, despite all the things that are going on. Uh, one thing I want to say is that we can still uh, help out our health professionals and our police force who have emailed me as well about needing masks. And so I can send you a pattern for that, and we have been able to purchase elastic. And so if you let me know how many yards of elastic you need, I can cut it and put it uh, between the two doors and the entrance to the office way. And that way you can pick it up and be sewing for um, those who are needed. It is very necessary. So if you can do that, please help us out. Um, I, I now just want you to watch this video just to see um, a little bit about what happened yesterday and what it meant to be serving during this time of crisis. We wanted to be a part of Operation Name as much this year just to show Christ's love through planting flowers. Uh, I know this is a crazy time for everybody, but trying to teach my girls that we can still give um, and share Christ's love through, through our actions and through what we do. To be able to serve other people um, means a lot because I feel like I'm really limited. I'm not a medical professional, I'm not a, uh, an EMT, so to be able to meet needs, at least in a small way, um, means a lot to me um, that I'm at least contributing in some small way. Yeah, and it's just something to do and you know it's for a good cause, so it gives you a little more um, means to do it. So uh, I do think that uh, God commands us to uh, show our faith through works and uh, this is just an excellent way for us to show the community that we still love them and uh, God through us. So. Um, the question is what does it mean to, to be able to serve people during this time when we're having a crisis, a crisis like we are now? Um, it just means that it comes from the heart. We're doing something wonderful for someone that might bring a smile to their face and all of this. Um, because as we know, in all of this that's going on, there's always great things that God brings about, and I think this is one of them. In the midst of this crisis, we're called to be the hands and feet of Christ, and the only way we can do that is to get outside the walls of the church and do good things for good people. And so um, building a ramp or um, serving people through other means, um, whatever, the, whatever it is, you just have to get out and do it, um, because that's what, we're, that's what we're called to do in every single way. I thought it was such a blessing I think it's good that as a church um, we can go out and help people who can't help themselves uh, even if it's something simple like weeding which is what Jenna and I did today along with Island Hatch and several other people on our team uh, it's the small things but we might take for granted but for them it's a big thing it shows Jesus love Amen these hard and difficult times I think being here today is being showing the hands and feet of Jesus Christ and um, showing what we can do still to help people during these uncertain times good afternoon I just wanted to say I appreciate the opportunity to continue on the tradition with Snyder Memorial um, the needs in the community are great and we are in the hands and feet of Christ and no matter the situation God is always there, and we should all lend a hand. Thank you. 
wherever you may be, join us in song. This is a tremendous song of your faith, a song of assurance, a song of ease. Pastor Bruce Herman, and so glad you joined us to worship with us on, either on the radio or at home or through whatever computer or uh, however you're joining us today. Let's pray together. Father, we're here to praise you this morning. Lord, we thank you for your blessed assurance. That assurance that you are held in your hands, loved and cared for in, in good times and through difficult times. Father, we worship today. Lord, you are, we're scattered, but we're bound together through your Holy Spirit. Lord, continue to grant us your peace and your calmness. Thank you for the opportunity that we had to be your hands and feet this Saturday as we work together on Operation Inasmuch. And Father, I just pray that all those that we, we helped, Lord, that they, they didn't see us but saw you through us. Father, we pray for wisdom for our leaders and protection for our medical providers during this time. And Father, we just love you. We thank you for the salvation that you've given us. Father, we thank you for the blessings of your peace. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. We're delighted you've chosen to join us for worship this morning. Uh, if you're like me, this virus has kind of turned our lives upside down a little bit. Last Sunday was supposed to be Youth Sunday. We've had to postpone that. Uh, today was supposed to be Children's Sunday. That's on the a back burner as well. And even, and, and Easter is two weeks away, 
Uh, and it's not looking good with new restrictions coming for the residents of our uh, state here in North Carolina. But we're going to continue to move forward. I will tell you, even as pastor, I've kind of had to rearrange and rethink a preaching schedule and sermons. And do people want to hear something that's related to the virus that's of encouragement? Do people want to break from the virus and, and just focus on God's word? And so we'll continue to try to do the right thing uh, as we move forward and, and to continue to be faithful, uh, to lift up the Lord and to worship him as best we can. And we're grateful that you've chosen to, uh, to join us this morning. I would, I would say this before I read my text this morning. In, in, a, in these times of uncertainty and change, we serve a God who does not change. Eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. This is the word of God for the people of God. There is no place like home. Especially, by the way, I picked my title before we had this uh, mandate to stay at home starting on Tuesday, so there's a little bit of an irony here. But there is no place like home, especially if you've been away for, for a long period of time. I can remember uh, distinctly in 1991, spring of 1991, I was stationed here at Fort Bragg with the 82nd Airborne Division. We were returning from what ended up being about seven months in the desert. It, was, it seemed like seven years. Uh, the days were long. Uh, the years were long. I was separated from my family. I left my wife and my four-year-old son, four-year-old daughter, and my twin two-year-old sons, not knowing when or if I would see them again, or what condition I might be in coming home from that particular conflict. Uh, the days were long. The days were tedious. Our mission was important. Uh, I was grateful when we finally launched into, into Iraq. Uh, the war was graciously short. There were relatively few casualties, and I don't mean to, to any way uh, say that every single one was not a significant sacrifice for our nation, uh, as those soldiers gave their lives in that combat, but they were relatively few uh, in that particular combat. And I can remember when it was time to come home. We had our vehicles clean. We had them uh, sent to be shipped back home. And uh, when that airplane finally took off and left the soil, uh, of Saudi Arabia, there was a cheer on the plane. There's nothing but soldiers. Uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a neat time to finally be lifting off from that country where we had spent uh, seven long months of our lives and to be on our way home. And I will tell you that when the, 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 when the wheels touched down at Pope Air Force Base here at Fort Bragg, uh, there was a bigger eruption of cheer on the plane. We were finally home. It was the middle of the night. Uh, we could see the light shining on the crowds out there uh, welcoming us home. A, a million, it seemed like a million, small American flags. My wife was there. Uh, my children were at home. They were sleeping. My parents were there to take care of them. Uh, but it was, it was wonderful. We finally got that, that reunion. I will, I'll never forget walking into my home. It's here in Fayetteville. It's a special home to me to this, to this day. Uh, walking in, and the children woke up one at a time. I guess as they heard the, my voice or heard the commotion in the living room, we lived in a little one-story, uh, three-bedroom house here in Fayetteville. Uh, my one son was the first one down the hallway, and, and boy, to hug him was an amazing thing. Uh, and then my daughter was second, and then my sleepyhead son uh, was the last one to come. Uh, but I'll never forget the image of that long hallway and each of my three children coming uh, down that hallway to welcome their daddy home. I was returning home to a, to a home that I knew, I was familiar with, uh, but we are going to a home we've never seen before. A home that promises to be unbelievably awesome. Jesus talked about it with his disciples in John chapter 14. He said, I'm going away to my father's house. There's many rooms there, and I'm going to prepare a place for each of you. And if I prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to take you to be with me, so where I am, there you may be also. That's the home that Jesus is going to invite us into uh, when he returns in all his glory. 
This is the final sermon in my series on invitations from Jesus, and I'm going to end it with the final invitation that we're going to receive from him. It's a future invitation. We've not yet seen it. It's, it's recorded in Scripture for us. We know it's coming, but that, but that invitation will come at a future, a future point. Come, Jesus is going to say, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Now, interestingly, as you read through Matthew's gospel, this is the last teaching that we find in Matthew's gospel. After this, we move into the, what's called the Passion Narrative, uh, the, the Last Supper, and, and all the things that will happen with the crucifixion and the resurrection, which we'll celebrate uh, in, in a couple of weeks coming down the road. It's also the last of three powerful parables. If you look at the, the, the chapter of 25 in Matthew, it's just three parables in sequence. Nothing between them. Jesus is teaching. They're all related. Uh, but it's more than a parable. It is a vivid description of the last judgment. Jesus, the Bible says, will return in all his glory, and all his angels will be with him. I don't know how many that is, but it's a lot. It's going to be a sight to see. He will sit on his throne, the Bible says, in his, in his heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered to him, and he will separate everyone, not by nation, but by individual. He'll separate everyone into two groups, and only two groups. And the image is here of a shepherd. In those days, shepherd would take flocks of sheep, and sometimes intermingled with goats, and it's no problem. They're out there, they still need food, and they still need water, and they still need shelter. But there were times when the sheep and the goats needed to be separated. So there's the image that Jesus is painting here that would have been a very vivid image to his hearers, in that particular day. And the Bible tells us that the sheep will be on his right hand and the goats will be on his left. This parable builds on the two previous parables in Matthew 25 and on the whole chapter of Matthew 24 before that. Matthew 24 is not a chapter we spend a lot of time in. It's, it's a very uh, vivid description of the signs of the ends of the age. It's not a pretty picture. Uh, it talks about false prophets. It talks about woe to those who are alive in that day. It specifically talks about women who are pregnant and nursing mothers. It's not going to be a pretty day. It's a reminder that turmoil and tragedy will, will mark history until the day that Christ returns. There's this image of birth pains. Jesus uses that term in Matthew 24, and, and Paul uses it again in Romans chapter 8. This image of the whole fallen creation, not just, God's, not just the people, but the whole creation yearning for uh, redemption. And that day is coming. The day that Christ returns, his creation will be redeemed, and we as his people uh, will be taken home to be with him. But after this very uh, so sober description, Jesus shares three parables uh, in a row, and they build on each other. The first is the parable of the ten virgins, uh, and it's a warning. It's a warning to be ready. In fact, at the end of Matthew 24, Jesus says, no one knows the hour or the time when, when the Son of Man will, will reappear, so be, so be ready. And so it's a, it's a warning to be ready, and it's an indication some will not be and others will be. And then he moves into the parable of the talents. I, I probably shouldn't have favorite scriptures. It is my favorite parable in the Bible. Uh, it is what governs what I try to do with my life. I, I know that I will give an account. We will all give an account for the stewardship of our lives when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, and so that's the parable that, that reminds us of that. And so I want to be faithful with my time and my talents and my treasure because I know I want to stand face to face with Jesus one day and say, Lord, this is what you gave me. And I gave it all back to you to the very best of my ability. And then we move into our text this morning, the parable of the sheep and the goats. It's one of the most familiar it's one of the most well-loved and unfortunately one of the most misinterpreted parables in the entire New Testament. It does not teach salvation by works. It would be easy to get that from this parable. Certainly those who were busy doing, taking care of the needs of people are the ones who are going to be rewarded and get this invitation to come into the kingdom. And that's not what Jesus is teaching here. The Bible tells us very clearly that none of us are saved and none of us will enter heaven because of our works. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is probably the most familiar passage. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And so this parable is not teaching us that we are saved by our works. That's not at all what it is teaching. Nor does this parable teach social action. Hear me clearly on this. Though we absolutely, as God's people, should minister to the needs of others as a way to show them the love of Christ, there are many references in the Bible, Old and New Testament, that teach this principle. 
We are to be taking care of the disadvantaged, uh, the people that don't have a home, the, the widows, the orphans. We're to do all those things. The Bible commands us to do that, but not in this parable. This parable is very specific in, in, in to whom it's addressed and what the invitation is. The interpretation of this parable hinges on Jesus' words, the least of these brothers, gospel specifically defines brothers. It does not mean that the Bible's not concerned about the poor and the oppressed. It's just not what brothers means in context here in Matthew 25. If we move over to John's gospel, the first chapter, a very important passage, the, the 12th verse, and I want to read verse 13 as well. It, it, this is introducing us to this gospel from John's perspective, and here's what the Bible says in John chapter 1, beginning with verse 12. Yet to all who received him, and that him is Jesus Christ, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. And so the Bible differentiates between physical birth. We are all alive physically. We've been born physically, but not everyone has been born spiritually. Only those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, who have received him, according to the Bible, are children of God. A very important distinction in God's word. A little bit later in John chapter 8, Jesus is talking to the Jews, and he's confronting them about their heritage, and they're saying, we're children of Abraham. And Jesus said, if you were true children of Abraham, you would, be, you would be doing what I'm asking you to do. You would love me. And so he goes on to talk about the differentiation between the children of God and the children of the devil, and he tells them that they're children of Satan himself. A very harsh words. I encourage you to read that sometime at your convenience. So, so Jesus clearly, in his life and in his teaching, differentiates between brothers and sisters, family, if you will, and those who are not. If you look in Matthew's gospel, and I'm going to turn over to the 12th chapter because Matthew's gospel is, the, is, the, is a, an important context for us here as well. Jesus is teaching, the crowds are around him, and his mother and his brothers show up. And here's what we read in Matthew chapter 12, beginning with verse 46. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to them, who is my mother? And who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So Jesus defines brother and sister for us. Jesus defines family for us. And that's the context from Matthew 25 when Jesus says, The least of these brothers and sisters of mine. The children of God are those who do his will, who are in right relationship with him, and out of that relationship are doing the will of the Father. And so our term here in Matthew 25 refers to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we would be naturally concerned about our brothers and sisters in Christ who are in need, and we would naturally reach out to help them in that need. And so let's look at this final invitation. It is not a blanket invitation to everyone who helped others in need. That's, we've just talked about that. This is, this, in fact, it's addressed specifically to the sheep. He doesn't just say to the whole group. He separates them, and the Bible tells us he looks at the sheep and he says something. And he later defines them as the righteous. And he later defines them as those who were blessed by the Father. Not because of what they did, but because of who they are. They were sheep. They had already been changed into children of God because of their faith in Jesus Christ. This is the crowd that Jesus is addressing as he extends this invitation at the end of time. The ones who, because of the right relationship to the Father by faith in Jesus Christ, have demonstrated that faith by ministering to the needs of their brothers and sisters in Christ. And so what's the invitation? It is to take our inheritance. The kingdom prepared for us since the creation of the world. The kingdom of heaven, if you look at Matthew's gospel, it is all about the kingdom of heaven. It's about the kingdom of heaven that Matthew's gospel talks about. It's about the new heaven and the new earth that we find referenced in both the Old and the New Testaments. It's the house of the Lord that Psalm 23 tells us we will dwell in forever. It's the Father's house with many rooms that Jesus talks about in John 14. The place he has gone to prepare a place for every single one of us. And there's room there for all of us if we'll place our faith in Jesus Christ. It's the beautiful description of heaven that we find in the book of Revelation that, that kind of, it's, it, we can't. I'm sure he would exercise wisdom, but I don't see Jesus sitting in his home alone. 
away from the people who were in need all around him. He was the one throughout the course of his life who was always touching the untouchables of his day. The lepers, the unclean, the outcasts, the demon-possessed, the people in need. That's why we moved forward yesterday with a scaled-down operation in as much. As we had our discussions in the weeks leading up to this date, we said, man, we could have thought Operation As Much is ruined. Our 25th anniversary celebration, this is just a very untimely, unfortunate virus that's taken over. We could have just said, what a horrible thing. Or, we said what we did say yesterday. This is an opportunity. This is what Operation As Much is all about. This is about being the hands and feet of Christ, not just in the normal course of life, but in a time of crisis. When people are isolated and alone in their homes and we show up at their door and we build a wheelchair ramp. Or we come into here, this room right here where I'm preaching, and we, we have tables all over the place where we build, we, we collect uh, all kinds of supplies for all kinds of nonprofits that the newspaper says in recent days are hurting. Hurting for lack of supplies and hurting for lack of volunteers. And so yesterday we built six handicapped ramps in our community being the hands and feet of Christ who need to be able to get out of their house when that time comes. We had assembled supplies here in this room for the American Red Cross, two local hospitals, the Rape Crisis Center, Child Advocacy, Fayetteville Area Operation Inasmuch, Soldiers Boxes, the Department of, of Social Services, Mingo Mission, the Women's Shelter, the Care Clinic, Balm in Gilead, and the Hospitality House. Our people were here in this room, putting together supplies that they desperately need to minister to the same folks that are disadvantaged under the virus that we are today. And then we had folks come and plant some flowers right outside here in the parking lot and take those potted flowers to about 100 homes right here in our neighborhood with a roll of toilet paper and a note that says, we care about you. We're thinking about you, and we want to be here for you if you need it. We got a response yesterday that Susie shared with me. Someone sent to us, in our, and I want to read that to you this morning. Just had a nice surprise waiting on my porch. A beautiful potted petunia, a roll of toilet paper, and a wonderful message attached from the children of Snyder. I am 81, so my children have forbidden me to even get in the car. I want to thank everyone who helped arrange this venture, and bless them all. I live on Crescent Avenue just around the corner. I was baptized by Lloyd Barker, the first minister. Anyway, I appreciate the effort and thought and the person who came up with this idea. God has, it's in capital letters, blessed us every one. And so as I think about the coronavirus in light of Matthew 25, I want to do my part to be the hands and feet of Jesus, particularly to my brothers and sisters in Christ. We can all do this in very simple ways. All it takes is a phone call to check on someone, to let them know we're thinking about them, to see if they need anything, maybe something from the grocery store, maybe a prescription picked up, maybe their trash cans hauled out to the street or hauled back after they're collected on the given day. Maybe a prepared meal delivered to the front door. Simple things, not for any reward, but just because it's the right thing to do. It's what Jesus would do. And so speaking of this very season in which we find ourselves, I can hear Jesus saying at some point in the future, I was lonely and you called me to tell me you were thinking about me. I felt isolated. And you told me that I'm not alone. I was out of groceries, and you went shopping for me. I was hungry, and you brought food to my door. I was afraid, and you helped calm my fears. I was discouraged, and you picked up my spirits. I was struggling in my faith, and you reminded me that Jesus loves me. Whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Welcome home. Let's pray together.
Father, these are trying times for sure. Times of change, times of uncertainty, times of fear. And so remind us again who we are. Your people. The sheep of your pasture. The ones who are blessed by your Father. And so Father, keep us on the straight and narrow path. Confident in who you are on your throne. Confident that you will get us through these times. And focused. Yes, on being careful and cautious in today's world, but also on doing the simple things that your people should be doing day in and day out. To remind all those that you've placed in our past, some that we don't even know, that you love them and you care about them too. And so, Father, thank you for the invitation we'll receive at the end of time. When we'll be standing on your right hand, not because of what we did, but because of who we are. And you will invite us to take our inheritance, the one prepared for us from the beginning of creation. Thank you, Father, for that inheritance. Thank you for the purpose that we have in life until that day comes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to extend a brief word of invitation. Folks, we can do all kind of great things for people, and we should. But what's most important is, are you, going to, are you a sheep? Have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord? Not are you a good person. Are you a believer? Are you a saved person? Are you considered righteous in God's eyes by the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ? If not, I want to encourage you on the radio, live stream, however you're, you're participating in worship with us this morning, to place your faith in Jesus Christ. It'll change your life forever. And the good works will follow. The works that God has called us all to do will follow because you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Christian, we are not helpless. We have the power of prayer and we have the power of, of being the hands and feet of Christ in very simple ways and in so doing, honoring what Jesus wants us to do in this world. May God bless you.
of wind and flame. I will tend the poor and lame. I will set a feast for them. My hand will save. Finest bread I will provide till their hearts be satisfied. I will give my life to them. Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord. If you lead me, I will hold your people in my heart. I will hold your people in my heart. Good morning. I'm Lynn Smith, and I'm the Deacon of the Week here at Snyder Memorial. And just uh, listening to the words spoken in today's message and the words that we have been singing, it has confirmed on my heart what God would have me share with you. It's a true story. Uh, our family took a trip out west many years ago, and one of the last things that we did was take a helicopter ride over the Grand Canyon. Our boys were very excited. Uh, Ken and I had been in helicopters before. They had not. But what I remember most about that brief trip was the moment that that helicopter flew over the rim, the moment that we flew over the edge of the canyon, and we saw that solid ground just disappear beneath our feet. It was breathtaking. It was like nothing we had ever seen or experienced. And I was okay the first half of that ride. But then about halfway through, I think it was the enormity of the situation, uh, my mind started getting the best of me. I couldn't see anything beneath us to catch us, and as far as I could see out front, there was no end in sight. I couldn't see the other side of it. And everything that we had left behind, all the things that seemed so big, uh, the trees and buildings and rocks, with this new perspective, all of a sudden they were very small. They were very insignificant. And I can remember asking our pilot, we had on microphones, and I asked him several times, how much longer, when are we ever gonna get to the other side of this? And I'll never forget what he said to me. He was a veteran of De Desert Storm, and uh, he reassured me by saying, Ma'am, it may not feel like we're going anywhere, but we are traveling close to 100 miles an hour right now. And can I tell you folks, it did not feel like we were going anywhere. It felt like time had just stood still. And I think because of my fear, um, I kept thinking about all that could happen rather than what was actually happening. I miss the beauty of that brief trip over the Grand Canyon. And it reminded me then, and it has reminded me many times since then, that in this life, this side of eternity, we fly over many a deep canyon, and we cry out to God, how much longer, Lord? When will we ever get to the other side of this? And although I may not see it, and I may not feel it, God is always at work. He is always at work on behalf of his children. And it may not look anything like what I think it should look like when I reach the other side, and it may take much longer than I desire or I am comfortable with, but it does not mean that God is not working. He is a good God, and He is good at being God. Will you pray with me? Lord, we keep hearing that we are all in this together, and we are all in this together, thankful for that. But not all of us, Lord, are in this with you because there are a lot of people out there in the world right now that are flying over a deep pit with no end in sight, and they are flying solo because they don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. So we thank you, God. We thank you that we do. We thank you for the church, that we are part of the family of God. And Lord, as we heard in our message today, as we saw yesterday in Operation Inasmuch, open our eyes, Lord, right now as the family of God to see what you would have us see. Help us to see those that feel forgotten, overlooked. Help us to see those that are overwhelmed by their circumstances, God, and even those who have no hope. 
Help us to see our brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't let us miss anything on this scary, brief ride that we may have overlooked before because of busyness. Because God, how we treat others, especially those in the family of Christ, shows what we really believe. May we treat them as we would be treating you. And God, for a world that needs a whole new perspective, will you use this time to do just that? Use your children, Lord, to let this world see Jesus. And God, when we get to the other side of this, not the other side of this pandemic, but the ultimate other side, when we get into eternity, Lord, may we look back at this time and all that you allowed, and may we see many new people in the family of Christ in the kingdom of God. We look forward to hearing you say those words, welcome home. Until then, God, will you make us like Jesus? And we ask this all in his most precious name. Amen. Receive the benediction entitled, Break Out, O Church of God. Break out, O Church of God. Break through the wall of pride. The love and justice of our God must not be locked inside. Cast off, O Church of God. Cast off tradition's hand. Create new ways to share God's love with every race and land. Go forth, O Church of God. Go forth with mighty shout. Walk on the streets called poverty with weeping hands. Reach out. Cry out, O Church of God. Cry till the trumpets call. When time shall cease and earth grow old and Christ is Lord of all. Preach Christ, O Church of God. Preach though time and space break out, cast off, go forth, cry out. Preach Christ in love and grace.
Let your kingdom come here. Let your will be done here in us. Jesus, there is no one greater. You alone are Savior. Show the world your love. King of heaven, come down. King of heaven, come down. Let your glory reign, shining like the day. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, rise up. Who can stand against us? You are strong to save in your mighty name. King of heaven, come. We are children of your mercy, rescued for your glory. We cry, Jesus, set our hearts towards you. Every eye would see you. Lifted high, King of Heaven, come down. King of Heaven, come down. Let Your glory reign, shining like the day. King of Heaven, come. King of Heaven, rise up. Who can stand against us? You are strong to save in your mighty name, King of Heaven, come. King of Heaven. Save in your mighty name, King of Heaven, come. 